Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler and this is the first of three special episodes we're sharing in the lead up to Engage 2022. Engage is, of course, the IAB's flagship event, which returns in real life next week from a two-year pandemic-induced hiatus. You can expect a full morning of back-to-back, all-killer, no-filler sessions, each just 10 minutes long, and getting into themes like the neuroscientific impact of sound on our brain, how AR is driving sustainability, and how distinct communities online have been built and grown over the last 18 months. In curating this agenda, our intention has always been for you to leave the Londoner in Leicester Square smarter than when you walked in, proud of the industry you work in, and buzzing with optimism about the future of the internet and the advertising that funds it. So for these special episodes, I've picked a handful of my favourite ever Engage Sessions. A conversation with Stacey Dooley, a pre-Dragon's Den and chart-topping diary of a CEO podcast, Stephen Bartlett, and possibly the best thing ever to come out of lockdown, aside from the vaccine, the Gen 4's listening party, an audio goggle box come DVD director's commentary, where the stars of the greatest swindle in advertising event history rewatch the infamous session from the Barbican together again for the very first time. But we kick off with my conversation with Stacey Dooley, which closed the show at Engage 2018. It's a fascinating half hour, not only from the point of view of understanding what she's been up against in not really fitting in the typical documentary maker role, but how she balances her own views on social media with how she uses the platforms herself. Enjoy. Stacey Dooley is a remarkable woman. If you've watched documentaries, or you've read a book, or you've just heard about her story, you will know how genuinely heroic she is. Her broadcasting career began at age 20 as a then-typical fashion-obsessed consumer in the BBC Three documentary Blood, Sweat and T-Shirts. Stacey was an overnight hit. So much so that she was given her own show by the channel, Stacey Dooley Investigates. And it has been this that has allowed us to call BBC Three her spiritual home to this day, 10 years later, as it reached its 11th series in February of this year. Her on-camera ability to disarm what should ordinarily be highly charged, highly emotional situations, and a genuine care and warmth for those who she interviews is her incredible and unique talent. All the while, the story is never about her, always about the subject matter. And it's that subject matter that has meant tackling issues from drugs cultures to sweatshops, paedophilia, domestic abuse, abortion, immigration, murder, child sexualisation, to name a few. She has immersed herself into transgender communities, travelled to the front line of active war zones, and sat face to face with some of the most dangerous men to ever appear on the BBC. She's one of the most, if not the most, important documentary makers of our generation. So I want you to give a massive hand to Stacey Dooley. What a welcome. That's Thank right. you so much. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thanks, um, hey. thanks for having us. Um, so, so, you're always busy. Always busy. Um, but I'd be moaning more if I weren't. <laughs> so I can't really, can't really grumble. And, and you're all over the place. So, you know, one minute you're in northern Iraq. Yes. You know, the next minute you're doing innuendo bingo with, uh, you know, Scott, Scott and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a typical life 
in the day of Stacey Dooley like? Um, it is quite varied. It's funny, as you say, you know, sometimes I suppose I'm at my happiest when I'm doing the current affairs issues, mm. you know? I, I, I suppose that's where I really thrive and I feel like I'm, I'm delighted with what we're making. Um, so typically I'll be doing a couple of documentaries um, at the same time. So for example, I've just come back from Indonesia a couple of days ago. Yeah. It's for BBC One, a new series about sustainability within fashion. Um, but alongside that, we're doing bits for CBBC. So it's sort of kind of, yeah, it's a bit more chilled, more sort of escapism. We're talking about, you know, kids making sure that they don't kill their pets. Um, so it's varied, you know, it's, it's, it's really random and I think you have to have that sort of, that light and shade, otherwise yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd be sort of sliding down the walls. Well, so yeah, mixed well, bag. Well let's talk about that then because it's, you know, you go into these incredibly faraway places yes. to, to, to talk to people going through all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it that you can get there and you sort of turn it on and turn it off and you come back? I mean, how do you sort of deal with all these things? Yeah, lots of people often ask this. I mean, it's, it's difficult, so I try not to take it home with me. Mm. You know, but at the same time, what they're telling you is it's so frightening and so harrowing and so unbelievable. And often, you know, they're in that situation. It's totally circumstantial. It's nothing to do with them. Mm. Sort of wrong place, wrong timing, just bad luck and your heart goes out to them. So I'm making a documentary at the minute, actually, I've been back and forth to Blackpool, and it's about homelessness, youth homelessness, and it's for children in need. And this lad is just a complete trooper, like mm. an utter star. He's got a little job, he's holding it down at Domino's, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs. He kind of breaks all the kind of traditional stereotypes, but he's just not got a home. Mm. Um, and things are really, really tough. And I left him on the Monday went to work yesterday in Bristol on the Tuesday and I was just thinking about him today, coming up on the train, thinking, yeah. oh, I wonder how he is. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to kind of, you know, keep that distance. But I think you have to be mindful that you've got to keep yourself sort of reasonably healthy as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess you're there as well, wherever, uh, when you went and talked to these Yazidi women, you're there primary to make this documentary. Yeah. You've got the exec on the phone back at London saying, oh, where's the stuff? And you're sort of trying to do that and ask the right questions, but you know, they're telling you these incredible things. So there's a, that really fine balance, I guess. Yeah, it's tricky to get right. You're absolutely spot on. So you'll have the exec in London, mm. you know, in Islington, kind of up a street going, you know, we really need kind of a journey, you know? We need kind <laughs> of, we need, we need to, we need, where's the narrative? Where's, right. where's that arc? And you think, well, you know, this girl's breaking her heart and she needs time. Mm. So you have, to, you have to be able to look at yourself, it sounds really cheesy and a bit earnest, but you have to be able to sort of look yourself in the mirror and think, actually, I'm delighted with how I, how I dealt with that situation and I feel like, you know, we didn't take advantage and we treated her yeah. with a certain level of respect, but also you're there to raise awareness and to kind of bring it to the forefront of everyone's mind. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you'll spend days not filming. You won't even pick up the camera. You'll just be kind mm. of trying to win their trust yeah. and explaining that this is their time to given the platform that they so deserve so it's yeah you learn but you learn more as the years go by you learn what works and what doesn't and yeah i'm far from perfect so i'm still learning so when so when you started out all that all that time ago 10 years yeah. ago um you were sort of the face of things you were the presenter i guess but, yeah. but more and more you've more taken a, a bit more really really i was more a contributor i sort of editorially i had no idea how it all worked and you know, the BBC, I actually, I remember when I started making these documentaries, everyone was always talking about Ed Pohl, 
Ed Pohl, Ed Pohl. And I thought he was a man, Ed Pohl. Yeah. And I kept saying to everyone, why does everyone give a shit what Ed Pohl thinks? Like, you know, what will Ed Pohl say? What? And it was editorial policy. I mean, that's how totally out of the loop I was right. in terms of television. And so, you know, it, it was a learning curve for sure. And I think, I think that's always been my USP. Mm. You know, I've never, I left school at 15. I, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to university. I'm clearly not middle class. Um, I'm not from a journalistic background. Um, But I remember a long time ago, a guy saying to me, you know, don't feel like you've got to kind of conform or you've got to behave in a certain way. And it's the best piece of advice I've ever been given because I think that's why I've continued to be so fortunate and have the work. Yeah. And you you write in the book, when you did Girls Behind Bars in the US, you talked about, you know, middle-aged, middle-class men who were yeah. sort of saying, you know, once you get past the accent with her, you know, she's a bit, you know, once you get past that, worked in a perfume shop, that's yeah. mentioned a few times. Did, did you ever feel maybe more at that point than you would now that actually just conforming and being like a proper documentary maker would be the easier thing to do? I think it's tempting, mm. for sure. You know, you look around and everyone speaks the same, yeah. they behave in the same way, they're from the same areas. <laughs> um, but it would have been hugely insincere and it just, yeah. you know... You get, you get caught out very quickly. It's interesting that, I mean, I do think we've made progress in certain areas, but essentially there's still this problem of mm. television and media not being diverse enough. Yeah. You know, I won't kind of go into too many details, but actually a couple of months ago, I did a phone interview for a sort of fairly highbrow station, and the producer said to me before we started, right, she said, oh, you know, we're not kind of pandering to people's prejudices, but if you could just sort of pronounce your T's as much as you can and, and um, you know, essentially, can you speak as, as posh as you can bear? I said, How'd you get on? <laughs> <laughs> I just said to her, you know, I said, I, yeah. said, I don't know why you've asked me on, because you know how, you know, yeah. you know, you asked me as well. What the bloody hell are you asking me for? <laughs> so I did it, and then I said, don't, don't ring again. Um, Do you, um, yeah. and I guess that's a good point, you know, when you look at, um, Louis Theroux, been yeah, on the stage before. I love before. Louis, he's amazing. He's, he's such great. a great, great man as well. And, you know, we all look up to him. He's mm. kind of like our Attenborough, if you like. And but he's a bloke, he's pretty yeah. middle class. Yes. You look at people like Nick Broomfield, yes. you know, proper documentary maker. Nick, Nick as well, he's very um, otherworldly. Is he? Yeah, really nice man, but I don't know if he was in the room. <laughs> it was a bit of him. He's very LA, I think, now. Was he? He's, He's gone very a bit nice, LA. very nice. But do you, who are your sort of heroes that you look up to then? Or, or is it all right to look up to people like I think that? It is. Yeah, I mean, I love Louis. Yeah. I, you know, I met him actually. It's one of those embarrassing moments. You know, when you meet your hero, that's yeah. when I meet your hero. He's, he's incredibly generous with his time and his advice. Um, I met him at BAFTA actually, and I said, oh, there's Louis. And Emma, this girl I was with, um, she went, oh, let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. She's very TV. Let me introduce right. you. I said, no, don't you fucking dare. I said, I just want to stay over here. And, you know, you feel your neck kind of rashing up. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is really awful. But, um, yeah, he's certainly, you know, one of my heroes. Orla Gurren, I think, is, is amazing. Mm. Um, there aren't enough women making documentaries, certainly not the kinds of documentaries that I love. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hopefully things will... Maybe it's a few in this room, you never know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I've been doing this book tour mm. and the amount of young girls that have turned up to, you know, these, these talks and they're so empowered and they're so considered and they're so enthused and they're desperate for 
information, yeah. I think there's, there's room for optimism. And, and I guess, if you think about today and the tools that we've got, I suppose, even if you've just got a, a smartphone, sure. it's never been easier than now to be a filmmaker or a photographer or music producer, whatever it wants to be. But that, you see that as a good thing? I think you're totally right, yeah. I think it's, um, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think as well it kind of knocks down some of those barriers. You know, you, like you don't need lots of money or you don't need to be studying in certain areas. If you've got something to say and you're yeah. quite charismatic and, you know, you're opinionated, you can sit in your bedroom and blog about things that you find interesting. Yeah. That's the great thing about, you know, Instagram and, and apps like this. You know, it gives young girls... They can be very entrepreneurial and, you know, they can kind of become their own boss. Yeah. They can make lots of money. They can choose their brands. It's, there's lots to be excited about. Yeah. And would you, so you're big on Insta. I love Instagram. Insta's probably yeah. your favourite of yeah. the lot. Do you ever feel like, you know, do you ever feel like I'm Stacey Dooley, the brand, and I need to be this person? I mean, just from knowing you for about five minutes, you, 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 you haven't got that sort of filter. You are you, aren't you? But you don't yeah. feel like you need to behave in a certain way on social platforms? I think we have to all be honest and say that we don't... It's curated, you know, it's... Hmm. Um, it's a vanilla, you know, it's kind of all beautiful and the filters are amazing and it's very contrived, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah. I was saying, I, d I don't take pictures of my kitchen when it's a shitter when there's plates everywhere. <laughs> like Bernie, I was sort of at a meeting this morning, so I was rushing out the door and Bernie pissed all over the floor. Bernie's you know. a bulldog. Bernie's my son, yeah. my bulldog. <laughs> um, you know, and if I've got bad skin or I'm hormonal or I'm crying because I've got shit, you know. So I do try and be honest about that. I yeah. think for me, Instagram's sort of, it's escapism, you know, everything's mm. beautiful and I like looking at the girls and I like looking at the outfits and the hotels. I mean, there's things that I don't love about social media for sure, but um, yeah, it's a nice way to pass time. Yeah. Although you can fall down those holes, can't you? And like 50 minutes later, you've not done a thing. And I think, God, I'm looking at my ex-boyfriends, new girlfriends, aunties, <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Don't press like, and then when you're showing, don't. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. <laughs> double tap. To yeah, zoom in. don't yeah. double tap that. Yeah, it noise me up. Yeah. And um, did, did I read somewhere that so you stopped posting things for a bit because you're worried that your mum, if you're going yeah. to sort of dangerous places, you're in a right. You said no, I'm in Turkey for a couple. Exactly. Weeks, you know. But she's switched on now. Right. So that's 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 exactly right. So my mother, I was on Facebook a long time ago. I don't I don't really like Facebook that much anymore. My mother's on it, right. and as soon as she turns up, I was like, I'll see you later, Mum. <laughs> um, so I went over, to, I used Twitter and Insta, I would say, and I was on Instagram, then my mum joined Instagram. I was right. like, Who, who's, who's telling you, or, you know, who's telling you about these things? Um, but she's, you know, I'll kind of post where I am, and she got sort of semi-savvy. She was like, why aren't you posting if you're in Turkey? Right. And I was in Iraq, I was in Mosul. Right. And I said, um... I don't know why I'm posting. <laughs> so now I take a couple of pictures when I'm at the airport and then post nice. them. Nice. Yeah, good idea. Very yeah. good. So the, something that intrigues me, you sort of mentioned Mosul there, is, you know, it looks so... Um, uh, easy is the wrong word, but it looks so sort of slick on the telly. But you've always really got this sort of language barrier yeah. whereby you know you've got to sort of do it through a translator mm -hmm. and you know people are sort of pouring their heart out to you or sort of trying to ask questions or comfort people how hard is that sometimes sort of going through the third person and does stuff get lost and is it important? Yeah that's a good question it's um I think again over the years I've learned um 
I've learned how it all works and we try and be as seamless as we can, but mm. it's far easier in my mother tongue, you know, if I'm yeah, in England. I mean, America's a dream because the contributors, there's just no filter. Mm. I think the Brits, we're so aware of what we're saying and we kind of self-edit. Americans, you know, tell me what you think about Trump. Well, I tell you, you know, it's just, <laughs> so that's like a gift. So it's, you know, when you're in Indonesia, I was in Kazakhstan last week. It's just patience and, yeah. um, you know, just making sure that they feel comfortable because often what we're talking about is quite chaotic or, you know, very, very, um, very difficult. You know, the subject's mm. very difficult. So just making sure that the kind of translator is on your vibe and you're all on the same wavelength, you'll get there. It just takes a lot longer. What, what do you sort of... I mean, critics are one thing. So yeah. people that write stuff in newspapers are sort of one thing, sort of, sort of what they're paid to do. Yeah. But the, 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 you know, the everyday person, the trolling stuff, yeah. you know, someone can come at you on Twitter or something, it's sort of slightly different. How, how do you feel and how do you sort of respond to that? Yeah. Um, and does it happen, I guess? You know? For sure. Yeah, without question. And, and interestingly, I mean, I suppose I prefer this. I've never wanted to be vanilla. Hmm. So I would much rather people either are into what I'm doing or can't stand me. That, that doesn't fuss me too much, yeah. but it's, you know, when you're young, so when I was, I started when I was 20, so you're still quite impressionable. And when I was young, you know, people used to say really unkind things. So they'd talk about, um, you know, my accent or my upbringing or, you know, what I look like, my appearance, you know, ev everything. They sort of tear you to pieces. Mm. And, and you would be desperate to kind of, right their wrongs and say no that's not quite right I didn't mean this and you feel like you've got to justify yourself all the time to Bill in Blackburn who doesn't know you and will never meet you mm. and, and the older you get you know you mature and you realise that you only really care about those that have met you and had a conversation with you and you know they've they're then in a in a position to be able to sort of pass judgment but yeah. you're just it doesn't matter how you behave or the way you carry yourself or how you conduct yourself some people will like you and some people will think you're a dick and and that's fine yeah there's a lovely bit in the book um on on trolling you say uh oh God, i just feel saying that book I well you're gonna find out now uh, <laughs> he said i just feel sorry for the trolls though because i think they're just sad lunatics sat in their bedrooms having a wank i mean <laughs> <laughs> I forgot this book was going out to like the entire country, and but it's true, you know. And you, I just, you just can't worry too much because life is so short, and you know, it's interesting as well because everyone's so brave behind a keyboard, yes. didn't they? I've had probably in ten years of doing telly, I've had two people come up to me and say, "I think your stuff's shit," and I rate them more right, yeah. than I do the people hiding behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, sort of going back to going back to things like Insta, but all, all platforms yeah. really? You know, this this idea of people come, becoming sort of Insta famous overnight. Yeah. You know, we've got I don't know if you're watching Love Island, but I'm sure you know they're all going to. I actually love Love Island. Yeah, we all love it. Yeah, love I really like the lad with the pens, Jack. Jack, he seems all right, doesn't he? Yeah, I quite like Jack and well, Danny. I quite like Danny. They're all you know very wholesome young men and I women. I mean, yeah. Um, it was, who was saying that they weren't ready for spooning? I was speaking to a producer earlier. They're like, we're not interested in seeing you spooning. We're all here for one thing. <laughs> Get to it. <laughs> but you know, they're, they're probably all going to come out of it and be launched into this spotlight, and yeah. you know. Our industry will all dine off them for a bit, and then yeah. once we're finished, sort of scar them aside. Is yeah. is that sort of a that sort of a good thing? Is that unhealthy for us to be like that? I think they're all grown adults, and I mm. think they know what they're signing up for. Yes. Um, 
Interestingly, I'm, I'm making a documentary at the minute, as I said earlier, I touched on earlier, about sustainability within fashion. And we've been particularly interested in speaking to influencers. So established bloggers, vloggers, who have got hundreds of thousands of followers, mm. who are paid lots of money and sent lots of free clothes to kind of champion that brand. And I... I can't be a hypocrite because I've been sent things in the past and I follow these girls and I always like them. Mm. And it's not about demonising them in any way. I actually feel very happy for them that they've, you know, they've carved themselves out of career. But it is just being a bit, a bit more mindful about the kind of consequences, I suppose, and the things that can happen as a result of that world that we've, we've, um, we've made and, yeah. and we're a part of. Um, it's a very predictable thing to say, but it's kind of the good and the bad, isn't it? Yeah. There's good sides of Insta, there's bad sides of Insta, there's good sides of Twitter, totally. Facebook, mm. Snapchat, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I should say as well, just, just, just while we're going, we're going to do some questions at the end. So if you've got a question for Stacey, if you can tag it with hashtag IBEngage and Caroline is going to have a sort through when we've got a couple of minutes left and we'll pick the three best, if that sounds all right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, lovely. Um, the other thing that sort of fascinates me is, you know, you might go somewhere for you know, a couple of weeks, do this thing, and then you've got this sort of this skill in trying to take all that stuff that you get and put it into this 30 or 60 yeah. second show. <laughs> and you've got to make loads of decisions about what you keep out, what you put in. Um, are you doing sort of more of that? You've got more ownership of that sort of thing now rather than just turn up, do the bit. And yeah, then... certainly. Yeah, at the start, you know, the first few years, I was very much contributor slash presenter. Mm. So I turned up on location, wasn't involved with the recce, with the assistant producing, none of that. Did the interviews um, and, then, and then left and wasn't involved in the edit. Now I assistant produce most of my own stuff. So I recce, I kind of find who I want to speak to. Um, I'm involved editorially, I kind of am back and forth throughout the entire process and I much prefer that. Yeah. I think it makes you a, a better presenter, I've still got a long way to go but I shoot some stuff now and um, yeah, I'm more across things. Yeah, and yeah. you know, in, in our world, the sort of lines between what's telly and what's online and what's yeah, digital I mean, they're is all sort of now, isn't it? Yeah. Especially BBC Three, you Absolutely. know, it went from a, a broadcast telly thing to something that's online. Yeah. And of course, the world outside of that is Apple and Facebook and Amazon and Netflix are all getting into this space. Are you sort of BBC Three girl for life, or could you ever see yourself doing something else? I mean, my heart, you know, my loyalties lie with BBC Three. It's like a perfect fit. As yeah, well, I think, isn't it? I've never kind of made a secret about that they kind of took such a huge risk mm. you know and Danny Cohen particularly he was in charge of BBC Three at the time just a great decent gent you know kind of saw something and was brave enough to think actually let's just try this yeah. and it wasn't an obvious fit in any way shape or form so three you know has my heart but one you know I'm, I'm pally with one and I'm doing lots for one this year um, I think it's a kind of an obvious transition yeah. sort of natural progression yeah. But yeah, I mean, you just you can't assume, can you, that you'll still be around? <laughs> That's why I'm learning to do everything. So I think you know, <laughs> you can't ever take for granted that you're going to be on the telly the whole time. Totally. So. Who's your Who's your biggest critic? You know, the ones that you do oh. listen to. My biggest critic. So people that have said awful stuff in the people, past. People, probably more people that you know, kind of friends or close people who say, "Yeah, I thought that was all right," but you know, so, you know people you listen to, oh, people okay. you respect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mother, yeah. my boyfriend, Sam, 
Um, I looked to Danny, actually, Danny Cohing for, you know, if I had a, a real kind of, oh, I don't know what to do, yeah. I would message him. I've got a brilliant agent. My boss at three, Damien, I really respect his opinion. One of my commissioners, Jan, I listen to what he's got to say. And I think as well, you have, you have to be honest and you have to admit that sometimes they're not as, they didn't work out or they're not as good as perhaps the last one was. And yeah. you have to really work on that and think, oh, fuck, you know, I didn't do that quite right. I must learn from that and I won't do that again. Yeah. Um, there's always room for improvement. Do, do you ever get the call where they sort of phone up and say, yeah, we've got, we've got this sort of thing lined up. We're going to send you back to Iraq. We think it's a bit more to that. And do you ever think, oh, I just think uh, I'm going to Blackpool or doing something? Or... Um, I've been to Iraq a couple of times now yeah. and I do, I do think that's me. Right. You said that the first time. I, right? No, I did say that the first time. <laughs> um, but I think you, you have to make, with hostile environments, you have to make reasonably well-educated assumptions and you and, and you have to kind of be realistic and you think you know just because you've done it a few times doesn't mm. mean you won't get killed on the third time so if there's reason to go and you truly in your heart believe that the girls you know need that platform or you kind of believe in the story then stick to your guns but yeah. don't be silly i think some people get addicted to the buzz and the adrenaline i can't yeah. explain the feeling to you when you it's like constant it's like high alert all of the time. And some people buzz off that, but I hate it. And so, we're sort um, of watching it from the safety of our you know, yeah. smartphone on the bus or, yeah, or yeah, telly. Yeah. But, it, you know, what is it? You know, you sort of you go out there, so you've got a fixer who's sort of doing the bits for you yeah. and the person doing translation. And then your people, I guess, from the BBC. And yeah. You, you know it's a very small team, but it is very unpredictable. Yeah. And, you know, there were lots of shootings and lots of deaths when I was there last time. Mosul's still very, very um, fragile. There's still ISIS cells within, within Mosul. And you just can't get carried away and get too kind of yeah. complacent. You've got to remember where you are. Um, but the scariest places have got the most amazing people in them. So it's in and out. Yeah. And yeah. what's, um, you talked about one and what you're doing with them. What, what's sort of coming next? Yeah, so what we're doing for what's so I'm doing the fashion one. Mm -hmm. So that's about Kazakhstan. Indonesia. Um, we're doing homelessness for children in need, youth homelessness. I'm doing, I've got a busy end of the year. I'm doing about a family, an arms dealer family in America for three. Um, there's a far right Canadian woman that I'm going to be spending some time with. <laughs> um, she's always on YouTube and Facebook. Um, she's actually very articulate and she's very charismatic right. as they often are. Yeah. So two of us that will be an interesting combination um, yeah nice yeah and you're gonna have a holiday at some point i am so, yeah i've got, I've got five days off the end of this month i'm delighted a joy i know i can't wait i'll be on insta the whole time <laughs> um have we got any have we got any pressing questions caroline have we right let's have a look at these no. what a, what a potluck this is going to be right let's see okay question one what would you have done if you didn't get into presenting and broadcasting? Um, do you know, the honest truth is, I never... There was never any real desire or there was never a real appetite to have a career, mm. you know? It, it was very organic, it was very unorthodox the way it all played out. So, honestly, I, I would probably still be at the airport. <laughs> um, 
which is like a gift to all of those journalists that write at the start of the write up. She's um, a shop assistant from Luton. I'd yeah. still been there. Imagine. But yeah, but you just don't know, do you? You have no. to sort of take opportunities and sort of seize the day and make the most of what you've got. Yeah. Really lucky. I'm very lucky. Um, what global issue hasn't been documented enough already? Oof. Um, What's the stuff that's important to you that, that you don't think gets enough? The Yazidi girls. So I, I don't know how, how familiar you are with that situation, but that's, I made two documentaries about them. Um, and essentially in sort of 2014, ISIS took over an area called Sinjar, um, kind of rounded up all the Yazidi women, killed all the Yazidi men, and systematically raped and abused the women for years. Mm. And, you know, rightly so, there was absolute global outrage when the Nigerian girls were taken, you know, save our girls, bring back our girls, and I was so behind that. But the Yazidi girls never, never felt that, that support, or yeah. that there was no sense of urgency, and, and I found that really devastating. Interestingly as well, it's probably... Um, worthwhile saying here, I made a documentary in the Philippines, two of those as well, about um, paedophilia. It, it ended mm. up being about paedophilia, but, for, you know, a lot of the Western men were using Facebook um, to reach out to these young Filipino girls and um, not just Facebook, you know, other platforms as well. And I think we have to be really across that and kind of be mindful of that. And I think, you know, those in senior positions have to be aware that... Yeah. There's huge responsibility on their part to make sure um, people who are less fortunate than us are protected. Yeah. Um, so that, that yeah, kind of surprises me that that wasn't as covered either. Yeah. I think because it's always, we've always kind of associated that with Thailand, it's kind of moved across yes. and we have to move with it. Yeah. Okay. We, um, we've got about a minute left and um, we, we do a fortnightly podcast. Yes. And at the end of the podcast, we always ask someone 10 quickfire questions okay. in 60 seconds. Will we do it here? We're going to do it right now. Okay, okay. Um, we don't have a clock, so we could cheat a bit. Let's, yeah. But if I'll we try and do it in 60 time. seconds, sure. someone shout if we've had more than 60 <laughs> seconds. Um, question number one. What, okay. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self? Um, stick to your guns and don't conform. The last thing you liked on Instagram? Um, probably like a picture. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let me, I'm sorry. Let me just think. I'm obsessed with this girl called Lucy Williams. It was probably one of her photos. Okay. Favourite emoji? Oh, um, the girl in the sassa dress. <laughs> Make and model of your first mobile phone? Uh, Nokia 6210. Boom. The thin, rectangular-shaped, coconut-flavoured biscuit with rounded bumps on the edges and a light covering and scattering of large sugar crystals. <laughs> exactly which one do you mean, yeah. Nice or nice? Uh, nice. Okay. Split opinion, probably, on yeah. that one. Um, who would play you in a biopic of yourself? Hmm. Uh, you can have one pass. I'll have one pass, yeah. Um, tell us something you've borrowed but never given back. I do this all the time. <laughs> um, You've got magpie syndrome. I know, yeah. Isn't that picking things up? Um, my boyfriend's mum's hoover. Okay. <laughs> it's quite expensive no, as well. Sorry, Di. Uh, you've got two minutes to teach someone something new. What would it be? I don't... Um, I'm really untalented. I wouldn't be able to teach them anything. Um, 
can I do? Oh, brush my eyebrows up so they look fuller. Nice, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just obviously pressing. You're brilliantly well travelled, but how many other languages can you count from one to ten in? Uh, I can speak Spanish, uh, French, Japanese. Oh, can you do Japanese, one to ten? Oh, don't ask me to do it on air. No, I'm not <laughs> going to say Japanese. Probably three. All right, it's a good game. And then final question, who's the most famous person you've got in your phone contacts? Obama. And can we... No, we can't call him. No. I haven't really got Obama's number. <laughs> but I did meet him once. But your best pals are Jessie Ware. I do love Jessie Ware. She's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, I came in, and this is very cheesy, but um, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's epic. If she's a dream. To it, you've Actually, if you don't to listen to her podcast, I would strongly recommend it. She's a real sweetheart. Yeah. And she's really switched on as well. You know, real kind of great company. Yeah. And I was saying how I shit in a Philip Lim box. <laughs> on her podcast and then they called me and was like oh we're so sorry to hear that you lost your box do you want another box <laughs> so I've got yeah a nice new box uh, in the bag I saw that want to end on that yeah I know neither do but I I should to. say something very kind of <laughs> very um, deep and meaningful but it's I've the way it's going to be yeah Would thank you, you so much for your time thank you so much would you give a massive hand to Stacey thank Dooley you. thank, thank you. you Stacey Dooley at Engage 2018 there. So, so good. Genuinely a career highlight for me. Stace too, I'd imagine. She went on to be awarded an MBE shortly after her appearance on the Engage stage. And of course, after that went on and won Strictly. So impossible to quantify the role the IAB played in her attaining either of those feats. I suppose, I guess we'll never know. Hopefully that's given you a taster of what's coming next week at Engage 2022 on Tuesday the 26th of April down at the Londoner in Leicester Square. There are a limited number of tickets still available via the IAB site, iabuk.com forward slash engage hyphen 2022. And as with all our events, agency and advertiser members come for free. Enjoy the other Engage episodes featuring Stephen Bartlett and the Ken Fors crew and see you at the London next Tuesday, the 26th of April. Thanks so much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.